Let me get a look at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, we got to the hotel yesterday and uh, got the little snack bag and the card, and it said, I'm so glad you brought Pastor Amber. Our expectations are high. I'm like, well, uh, no pressure. No, no pressure whatsoever. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's going to be okay. The Holy Spirit's going to have something for you today. Amen. Praise God. And um, I've, I've been, Chris asked me to come a couple different times to the Bible school with him. And I've been like, oh, no. I'll just, i got things to do at home. But this year I thought, you know, I better get out to California and straighten some things out <laughs> with this story. Let me tell you the real story because I'm pretty sure he didn't. About Yeah. Yeah, he'll try to, he'll, he'll straighten it out. He'll think he'll straighten it out later. But my story is the right one. But <laughs> praise God. Well, I'm, I'm humbled and honored that we are asked to talk to you about marriage because that's, that's a heavy topic, right? It's, it's an important topic, and the fact that we're asked to talk about it, it's like, well, somebody sees that we're doing something right. And... We haven't done everything right, but I feel like we're 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 on the right track. We're doing the, we're doing the right thing. So, so I'm going to talk to you about who should I marry? Who should I marry? And um, remember, who you marry? That, like he said yesterday, it's it's one of the most important things, one of the most important decisions you will ever make in your entire life. And it can be the difference of you fully stepping in and fulfilling God's plan for your life. If you marry the wrong person, um, it could hold you back. It could hold you back from fully stepping in. Amen. It's going to have lasting consequences. I mean, it's not like buying a, buying a pair of shoes. Like, you decide, well, that's not, those aren't comfortable. I'm not going to wear them anymore. You know? <laughs> you know? That doesn't look good on me anymore. So you can't just take your spouse back. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> There's no returns on that. There's no returns. Um, it's like that. You know, you don't want, have you ever had a house guest you just can't get rid of? You know? You don't want that to be your spouse. Okay. Right? Right. So, um, I thought, well, he always tells about his story, my story. He, he jokes sometimes that I came out saved. I was born saved. <laughs> and sometimes it feels that way. Really, it does. Um, but I like that scripture that he just quoted at the end about Paul, about he presses forward. He forgets those things that lie behind and presses forward. And my story, I feel like I've lived a blessed life. You know, I feel like I've grew up and just had the had that beaver cleaver life. And you know, sometimes I forget the fact that I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't. But I don't I don't even think about that. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, that's what God can do. God, you know, I feel like in all the things, I've had some things that other people 
could have experienced and it could have set them on the wrong way. But I feel like, you know, God kept me. And so, praise God. Yeah, I didn't grow up without a dad. I mean, I didn't grow up with a dad in the home. My dad made the wrong decisions. You know, he grew up in a home that, you're right. <laughs> anyway, y'all, my, my dad grew up in a home that they were alcoholics. And so that's kind of what he saw, and so that's who he became, you know. And so, okay, so I'm going to be all right. <laughs> it's going to get funny here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> now, he, 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 he became that, and so... You know, my mom and him, they were not married for long. Probably they got divorced when I was a couple of years old. And, you know, I'd go with him on visitation. I remember one time, um, one of the few memories that I have of him, he picked me up, and I'm riding in his car, and he's like, offers me a sip of beer, that kind of thing. But, yeah, when my dad, when I was five, he made the wrong decision. (laughs) He made the wrong decision and went, really bad one day, and he, he was drunk, and he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing, and he, he got shot and killed by the police, so that's, and I forget about these things, I mean, that, that doesn't, like, sitting here and talking about it, I'm like, wow, that's bad, <laughs> that's bad, but I don't feel like that, it hasn't really affected my life. I mean, it is right now because I'm not, I don't know what's going on with me, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I didn't grow up with a dad in the home, but my grandparents, you know, they were a good example for me for marriage. So I did not have that. I didn't grow up with that, but I think, you know, I'm grateful for it now. That's sad to say, but had my dad stayed in the home or had he lived, what kind of, what would that have done to me? Amen. So even though that was horrible, that I really feel like I was saved and preserved from other bad things that could have affected my life. Amen. Praise God. So, yeah, forget those things that, yeah, I have to remind myself that happened, you know. But, um, and then I, the the most rebellious I ever was really um, was probably in the third grade. why this is, why is this funny to you? Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm leading up to a little something here, but yeah, that's the most rebellious I became. You know, I, I had a friend who was a bad influence and so we would find discarded cigarettes, you know, I'd smoke a few of those. Yeah, that's gross, isn't it? <laughs> and then, you know, I actually skipped school in the third grade. <laughs> How does a third grader skip school? I don't know, but I did. And I did it often, you know. We would just call for each other, you know. Like, she's not coming in today. Well, one day I did that. We would go to this bus stop, 
And then when our parents would leave, then we'd go back to her house and spend the day. But, yeah. <laughs> but one day, um, I, got, I, I waited for the bus to come back and then walk home, you know, when I would have been coming back home after school. And I walked in, and my mom's sitting there like, well, apparently... I had a bluebird meeting after school. You know, it's kind of like Girl Scouts. Well, she had sent her friend to pick me up because she couldn't make it, and I wasn't there. Yeah, so that wasn't good. So she was like, you know, that was bad. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is that was third grade, right? When I got to fourth grade, my mom made some good decisions, okay? My grandparents were Christian people. She grew up in a Christian home. Of course, she kind of didn't make the right decisions, but when I was in the fourth grade, my mom got invited to a church, so, because we didn't go to church. So, we went to this church, and you know, it was one of those, you step in, I'm like, what are these people doing? What are they doing? They're raising their hands and being loud and jumping around. So it's kind of scared me. But anyway, that was, that was the start of the right decisions. My mom got me in the right place. Yeah. Amen. I'm just thinking, had she, that was the third grade. I was smoking cigarettes and skipping school. What, you know, the next year we got in the right place, the right church, the right message. You know, that friend that I used to do those things with, she went on to become a drug addict. So I'm thinking... Praise God. Now, you can't, don't underestimate putting your kids in the right place. It, it makes a difference. And you think, well, they're nine years old or they're 10 years old. It doesn't really matter. Well, it matters. It matters. And so that right there just could have been the turning point. Amen. So anyway, so that's kind of my background. My mom... She, later on, she got to, uh, she almost died, really, when I was about 14. She got really, really sick and almost died. Um, it was kind of like a prolonged illness. But, you know, we had been in the right place. We had been, to you know, with, hooked up with Brother Hagen and heard the healing message. And, you know, she came out of that. She's alive and well today, 72 years old. Praise God, we were in the right place. We were in the right place with the right message. Amen. So, really, even though those things happened, like you said, I've forgotten about it. Like, I have to remind myself that there were some things that happened in my life that weren't the greatest. Because I really feel like I've lived a blessed life. So, so who should I marry? Yeah, who should I marry? And I feel like, you know, I married the right one. I married, I married the God one. I think sometimes people, like there's an imaginary clock. You like graduate from high school and you think, okay, I should be thinking about it now. Because there's this clock ticking. There's a clock ticking. And, you know, there's a certain timeline. You got to get married and have kids and all that. And, but don't let the passing of time cause you to, to settle for something that's not God's best. Amen. Amen. Because if, if they aren't the best for you, then you're not the best for them. 
you, you might think, you might be with somebody and decide, well, this is, they're not the best for me, and then you feel bad about it, right? You feel like they're not the best for me, or, but you're not the best for them. Amen? So what are some of the things that we've done to be married right? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story, okay? Buckle your seatbelts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I got that. I got there. Now, um, what you want may not be what God wants. Right? Yeah. What you, what you think you want may not be what God wants. Because I thought, I mean, my plan was to marry one of the new kids on the block. Okay? <laughs> that was my plan. Okay? Yeah, I was on my way. <laughs> that was my plan. I thought that would be a pretty great plan. Yeah. But, but I, got, I got out of high school, and I decided I probably, I'm not going to wait around for that to happen. All right. <laughs> and so when he tells his story, he talks about how he prayed to God for, what did you say? You say you want a brunette with small feet. Is that right? Oh, short, yeah. Small feet. I have the small feet. I'm just kind of short. I had brunette hair. <laughs> There's still some brunette in there. Um, but anyway, so I was, I was what he wanted. But I, when I got, when I got to the point where I thought, okay, I would really like to meet somebody and and get married, my prayer was, God, I don't know what I want, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I want, but my prayer was, God, you know what's best for me, you know who's going to make me the happiest, okay, even though I don't even have that figured out right now, but he, he knows, God knows, amen, God knows your type better than you know your type. <laughs> you know, y'all know Pastor Dean's talking about Dr. Dufresne and when they were brought together and he was like, well, God, she's not even my type. And God's like, well, you don't know your type. You know, you don't know your type. You, you're choosing wrong. So we can have preferences. And I think God takes those things into account. He does. But you know what? Your preferences could limit God. Yeah, your preference could limit God. Yeah, don't limit God with your preference, okay? Um, because sometimes your preferences uh, could overlook God's best. Amen. God knows. God knows uh, maybe they're your type right now. Well, who are they in 10 years? Who are they in 20 years? God knows. <laughs> are they going to suit you in 10 years? Right, so we just got, we have to trust, that's, that's one of the first things I did, right, in marrying, right, is I put God's best in God's hands. I didn't, I didn't act like I knew what was best for me, and that's what I want, God, bring that person into my life. I realized he knows me better than I do, and he knows the best more than I do. And so you, you need to decide to marry the plan of God. Amen. You decide that's what you want. You want what God wants. 
make that decision. Amen. Praise God. So that's what I did. I, I believe I was believing for him to bring his best into my life. And so I don't know when I prayed that. It was after it was probably my freshman year of college. Um, and so I just went about went about college life. And our, my second semester in my freshman year of college, I had my eye on somebody. Not him. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> no, I had my eye on somebody. And we had this, I had a chemistry class, and these lecture classes are, they, you know, large, 300 people in these classes, you know, and the large stadium-type seating. And, you know, I had my eye on this person. And so I would look up, because he would always sit back there, this guy. Not him. <laughs> but, but, see, when I would just kind of be glancing back there at the guy, not him, <laughs> I would always notice this other guy that was staring at me. And it was, yes, him. <laughs> And so when I would be trying to look at this other guy, this other guy's just staring at me. You can straighten it up later. I married you. And so, <laughs> so anyway, I would notice this guy staring at me. And this went on. It went on, and it was annoying. It was annoying. And it was so annoying that I had actually gone home and told my mother about this jerk that keeps staring at me in class. I mean, that's how, like, annoying it was. Like, this jerk keeps staring at me in class. And then I started noticing he was everywhere. <laughs> he was everywhere. On campus, I'd be walking with my friends, and there he would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I worked at the mall. I worked at the mall. And I vividly, I mean, there could have been other instances I'm not aware of. But, um, <laughs> but one specific instance I'm working at the mall and you remember he's already on my nerves for staring at me in class and being everywhere on campus but then I'm working at the mall and I happen to look out across the mall he's standing he's across the mall he's he's sipping his drink like this but he's like this like I'm not gonna see that you know I'm like, oh, my gosh, that just does it. What is he? <laughs> I married you. I married you. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. That was, this is my side of the story. Okay, anyway, anyway, this goes on, and that was just like, ugh. Anyway, but one day, I had, I had several friends I sat with in class, and um, remember, I prayed, God, bring, I want your best, okay? And so, 
my friends happened to be late to class that day. And so I'm sitting here, minding my own business, waiting for class to begin. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy <laughs> walking, like, up the aisle. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, what's he doing? <laughs> and so he comes up to me and goes, is this seat taken? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. But, but something on the inside. Something on the inside just said, just tell them you're joking. And so my God, no, nobody's sitting there. Go ahead. And so he sat down. And I don't even know what we talked about. He tried to make conversation, but I'm not a real small talk kind of a person. So he probably, I'm sure, thought I was being rude. And I probably was being rude. But um, <laughs> so I don't know what we talked about, but. Who knows? It wasn't important. And then, uh, before, but the class hadn't started yet. And then he, and then he asked me. He said, he asked me what I was doing Friday night. And I said, I'm working. You know, I'm working. That's what I'm doing Friday night. But something on the inside <laughs> said, "Tell him you're only working until five o'clock." And so I was like, "Look." Well, I'm only working till 5 o'clock. And, okay, I didn't date around. I didn't date people. Remember, I was going to marry a new kid on the block. <laughs> and so, I, no, I just didn't date people. And um, especially people I don't know. And especially people that I thought was a jerk and was stalking me. <laughs> you knew that word was going to come out. Um, he's a stalker. Uh, but anyway, I agreed to go out with him. He, and I agreed to it. And then he left. And then I had to go home and tell my mother, remember that jerk I told you about? I'm going out with him Friday night. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. The second thing I would say about marrying the right person is you need to be led by the Spirit. And there's all kinds of things. And we'll, there's some other criteria we could talk about later about how to make the right decision or whatever. But you know what? If you're led by the Spirit, He's going to lead you to the right one. He's going to lead you to the... All those other things will fall in line if you're led by the Spirit. Amen? Uh, but to be led by the Spirit, you have to know. You have to know the voice of the Spirit. And you have to have had practice following the leading of the Spirit. I mean, when I... When I just had that sensing, we'll tell him to go ahead and sit down. Or that sensing, tell him you're only, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I wasn't thinking it. You know, I wasn't thinking, we'll tell him you're only working until five. That was the leading of the Spirit. Amen. And I always look at our life today and think, I mean, we live, we've had an adventurous life. It's fun, you know. It's fun. Being in the plan of God. It's an adventure being in the plan of God. And you may not, you know, how could I have known then, just say, you only work until 5 o'clock. How could I have known that we'd be here today? You know, how could I have known? But I, I couldn't have. But, you know, if you follow the leading of the Spirit, 
He's going to lead you to have a fun, adventurous life. Amen? Amen. So that sensing of the Spirit, is could your future be dependent upon just that little sensing of the Spirit? You're responding to that little sensing of the Spirit. I was thinking, um, remember over in Acts 27, Praise God. Over in Acts 27, you know, when they are ta- they're taking Paul to Rome, he's a prisoner. And it says in Acts 27, 10, he tells them, he said, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Their very lives, it was, it was based on a perception. It was not a, thus saith the Lord. Amen. It was a perception. Your whole life could change just because you missed a perception. Amen. What if I had overlooked, like like he, like Chris said earlier, that we can we can override the leading of the spirit. So that's why it's important that we're always in tune. Like Pastor Nancy says, she you live the day in the spirit, right? You live with your your heart turned towards the spirit. You won't miss those sensings and perceptions if you're aware of what's going on in your spirit. Amen. So he just perceived that it was going to be. Amen. So I perceived to tell him <laughs> I'm not only working till five. Anyway, so so uh, to just speed it up a little bit, he picked me up at the at the um, mall where I was working and proceeded to take me on the date now. I won't, I won't tell them all the things that, like you not opening doors for me or, or anything like that. <laughs> no, yeah, he wa- we walked out to the car and he's like, you know, get in there. He just, he didn't go around open the door for me, nothing. He does now. Praise the Lord. But, um... You know, eHarmony never would have put us together. <laughs> never would have put us together. No. No. But, but that's what I, you know, that's what I love about it is that God knows better. God knows better. Amen. Praise God. And so, so we went on our date. We went to eat. We went to bowling. We went to movies. We went to play pool. And then, you know, we just didn't want the day to end. You know, there was a, you know, there was a, <laughs> there was a connection. What we were probably sensing was just a, there, that green light of the spirit. Amen. And so we just didn't want the day to end. And so he's like, well, you know, I've got some laundry at my mom's house. I'm going to go. And I'm like, okay. And now this is the guy I thought was stalking me. But as we were, we were driving out to his mother's house to get his laundry. And um, we were driving over to the, an overpass. And I wasn't thinking about it, nothing. But in, I, I heard the inward voice. You know, there's different leadings of the spirit. We're led by the word of God. 
We're led by the inward witness. There's the inward voice. There's, and then there's the audible voice. Well, this was the inward voice. And it, when we were crossing the interstate, I heard the words, you will marry him someday. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, I wasn't dr- dreaming that one up. And so, and I knew it was right just because of that peace, that inward, that green light. You call it the green light of the Spirit. So, but I didn't tell him that. If you, if you go out on a date with somebody and God speaks to you, you're going to marry them someday. Don't tell them that. <laughs> they may decide you're not the one they want to marry. Like, you're, you're hearing voices. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't even know when I told you that, but it was, it was, we were, may have been, we were engaged or something probably before I ever told you that. Yeah, don't tell them stuff like that. Um, And so anyway, so our journey began. I mean, we didn't always make the right decisions and there was a period of time where he was being a turkey and broke up with me. He did. He broke up with the plan of God. up with the plan of God and you know what though that during that period of time because that was about eight months that we were broken up now I was devastated at first because I thought well I'm supposed to marry him you know but there was a period of time in there and I don't believe that God only has one person like if if that person misses it like you're doomed, you know. I don't, I don't believe that's true, you know. God can bring other people into your life. And there may be many people that are suitable for you and the call of God on your life. But I do believe, you know, especially the call to ministry. And there are certain callings that I think maybe your pool is a lot smaller of who you should marry. Um. But, yeah, I had to make a decision in, in talking to my pastor at the time about, about what do I do about this, you know, because I really feel like he was the person I'm supposed to marry. Um, and he just told me, well, you, you know, God can bring other people. God can bring someone else. Do you want to stand for that relationship, you know? And so I had a choice to make. Do I want to stand for this and believe for this or move on, you know, because because God could bring somebody else to me. But I, I chose to stay. I chose to stand for that relationship. And there was times probably in that we didn't even speak or anything. But I, I got a hold of the Ephesians prayers, you know, those prayers. Because he, was, he broke up with the plan of God because he was still being influenced by the wrong people. And so, and I knew that had we gotten married at that point, it may not have turned out so great, you know, because he wasn't in a place yet, and I'm not saying I was either, but he wasn't in a place yet to just be that 100% all the way Christian, that those are the people we want to marry, right, that 100% Christian. And so we were, we were apart for about eight months, and I just, I prayed the Ephesians prayers over him. Amen? And... Uh, and it turned around. Praise God. And so we got married. 
we got married. Amen. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Love you too. Um, so that's how we, that's how we met. First of all, I decided I wanted God's best. I wanted God's plan. Amen. And then I was led. I was led by the Spirit of God. There are some other other considerations, and he probably has some too. Obviously, we know we shouldn't marry an unbeliever. The Bible says we should not be unequally yoked. And we, we think that means believer, non-believer. Um, it, does, it does mean that. But also, what do you believe? Because they may be a Christian, but what if they don't believe in the move of the Spirit? What if they don't believe in, you know, speaking in tongues? What if they don't believe in healing? Do you want your spouse in your hospital room not believing in healing? Okay. You want someone who believes like you do. I mean, we don't agree on everything, but it's usually, it's the small things. It's the small things like quit driving so fast. <laughs> I drive the speed limit, okay? I mean, do they believe the same? And don't think that you're going to change how they, don't think you're the one that's going to be able to change them. If there's one thing I have figured out, if there's only one thing that I figured out in almost 25 years that we've been married, is that, and plus we were not married right away. We, we dated like four years. Yeah. And so, uh, is that... I can't change him. So that would be another thing I would ask you. If you're considering marrying somebody, who are they right now? Who are they right now? And do you want to live with that for the rest of your life? If nothing ever changes about that person. Right? Because there's no guarantee that they're ever going to change their mind about something. They probably will because most people grow. Most people grow and mature, but there's no guarantee, okay? What about your families? Yeah. Do you get along with your family? Maybe they're great, but you can't stand their family. Now, God can work. God can work in situations, but you, this is just a practical something because you're going to have to deal with that family forever. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Every, all the time, yeah, because they're going to want, and then when you have kids, that it's going to be magnified. So you want to think about that, especially ministry, if you're called to ministry. Who's their family? Do you want to be linked to that? You know, who my kids marry affects me, it affects our ministry. And so, I just tell, you know, like I tell Rex, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you who you can marry. <laughs> I will let you know who you can marry, okay? <laughs> uh, and then do you agree on, on not just spiritual things, but do you agree on the big things? There's big things you should agree on, like, do you want kids? What if they don't want any kids and you want five? You're not, don't think you're going to change your mind. Okay? Finances. Who's working? 
You know, who's going to handle things? Are you going to share accounts? You know, these things are important things. Yeah. I mean, politics. Okay. That could, that could be a strong divider in a family if you don't agree on those things. So, and then, will this person, is this person going to pull me away from the plan of God? Maybe they're a great person. You know, they, there may be nothing wrong with them as a person, and you, you like them, you get along or whatever, but is, is the direction they're going going to pull you away from the call of God? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is there something you want to clean up? (laughs) Praise God. I'm sure there's things like I'll go away and I'll think, oh, I should have said this or I should have said this or this and this. But, you know, I'm grateful. I feel like I'm I'm grateful. I married the plan of God. Amen. And, you know, if you're married right now, that's the plan of God. The plan of God is for you to be in that marriage, to work it out, right? That's one thing we figured out is, hey, you're stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. You know, the, there's no other option anymore. Those options, those options were flushed when we got married, right? And so, so the option is we're going to either be miserable the rest of our lives or we're going to work it out, right? And so, but I'm grateful that, that I married right Praise God. I hope hope you got something out of that to help you. Amen.